Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hey there, Steve and Justin. My name is Ben from Oregon, and I had a question about Vertex Pharmaceuticals, ticker VRTX. Hoping to see what you thought of it. The financials look good, and earnings were way up last year, and I just seeing if it's something worth investing. And provides unbiased answers. Okay, so is that expensive? What's the P.E. ratio on that? I mean, that's really what you want to do, right? I mean, you want to know, is it expensive? Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. I'm calling about a new stock that just started trading. It's called Roblox. And I'm thinking of investing in this, but I can't really find any information on it because it's so new. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, April 5th, 2021. I hope you all had a great Easter yesterday. And of course, this is the program we have every Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Live. We're live right now. So I would love to have you give me a call. We'll talk about whatever is on your mind as long as it's financial. And of course, we go by our motto or our mission statement, uh, independent thinking and share success. And I'm hoping that you'll understand that that means I'm going to give you the best information I can. Always straight as possible. Um, Always as honest as I can be finding the information for you that you're looking for. And that's what we do. Justin and I do that every day, Monday through Friday. So I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, we encourage you to contact me with your financial questions. Anything financial and investment-related type questions, we'll we'll try to answer. So please call me. We're live right now. 888-99-CHART is our number. You know, you drive the show wherever you want to go. 888-992-4278. So you can call and ask any questions you want. And we have a lot of voice bank questions we're going to get to during this hour. Um, a lot of people can't call while we're live, and we get a lot of calls after hours you know, because they listen to the podcast and they have a question. And we get more than we can we, we can possibly handle. That's why we do those uh, special uh, hour-long answer, answer question podcasts that you get. You hear us talk about on the show here. So we'll, we'll be doing that. So let's go ahead and get right to the first question. Hi, Stephen Justin. Love the show. Thanks for always answering our questions. I had a question on two utility stocks, E as in Edward, T, R, and N as in Nancy, R, G. I'm looking at evaluating these stocks, looking at their fundamentals. Both of them look pretty good, poised for a mid to long-term hold. Wanted to get your opinion on one or both of them, granted the time. Thank you. Okay, it's uh, uh, ETR, NRG, NRG Energy uh, is a $9 billion company, where it's ETR is a $20 billion company. We'll start with NGR, supplies electricity in Texas, generates wholesale power, and trades energy and capacity in the United States. Uh, they've made money. They're going to make good money this year, $3.99. Uh, that's up about 80% from last year. 
and then another $5.37 next year. It's a $37 stock, so it tells you how inexpensive that stock is. Um, it pays a 3.5% dividend, and on utility stocks, everybody, normally you buy them for the dividend because you don't. they generally don't have very much growth or any growth at all. It's very common. And energy, uh, utility stocks don't do very well in a bull market. They're, that's not the time they do well. They look really good and do well in uh, uh, older economy uh, that's getting tired, you know, an old expansion economy. When it's been expanding for quite some time and getting near its end, utility stocks start to become in favor. And they're good value stocks as well. So if value stocks are in favor over growth stocks, utility stocks do well. And it's, good, it's a good reason to look at them right now. So NRG is a good company. Uh, it sales growth is shrinking six, nine, eight, ten percent, probably because of the you know, the economy was got crushed with COVID. So that's probably why. And I bet you ST ETR is having the same problems. That would be my guess. Uh, yeah, and it is a twenty billion company. They also pay three point eight percent dividend, and they're they're going to make six dollars and twenty eight cents and a hundred dollar stock. So it's much. This would be much more expensive than the other company. Why? Well, the other company is just in Texas. This was engaged in electric power production and retail distribution to 3 million utility customers in Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. So they're in the basically in the south. Remember, Texas had that problem recently with the cold weather. Anyways, their sales growth is doing the same thing, shrinking. Slowly shrinking. So... Uh, this one's bigger, therefore it's safer, but it's more expensive. I probably go with the other one, NRG. Energy. Today's trivia question concerns credit card surcharges, also known as convenience fees. Are they legal? That's, that's going to be my trivia question. We always get to that halfway through the show, right? Now, how did the market do today? We had a really good day today. Remember, it was closed on Friday. It's a good Friday. Today, the Dow is up 374 points, the Nasdaq up 225 points, and the S&P up 58 points. And I probably due to pretty good jobs numbers uh, from Friday and and uh, uh, PPI numbers, no inflation still. Uh, you, if you look at the manufacturing service sectors, the PMI numbers, they look pretty strong. So... <clears throat> And then, of course, the government's just starting to spend. We are we are just starting to spend the most recent stimulus package, and the government's talking about another one, trillions of dollars. You know, sometime, someday those trillions of dollars are going to add up to real money. Everybody's throwing around the word trillion like it's not a lot of money. It's amazing to me. It's a ton of money. One trillion's a ton of money. And we're doing multiple trillions spending. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're already through the first quarter. We're now into the second quarter of 2021. And of course, the whole year is moving very fast. So, why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know you need strategies and answers to a lot of questions, market questions. You know that you need to deal with volatility, and you're probably concerned with that. We've had some down volatility, but volatility in and of itself is not bad, it's just uncertainty. And, you know, sometimes you take advantage of that volatility. That's what I try to do, and I think that's what I can help you do. 
So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. We're heading into a quick break and then back with us. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story that uh, there will be more retail pain ahead. Now, that's obvious, in my opinion. So the headline is like, yeah, so... UPS is predicting that 80,000 stores will close in the U.S. by 2026. So how much? Are, how many stores are out there? If there's a million of them, 80,000 ain't so bad. So we're going to talk about that. How bad is that number? And what does it mean? What does it mean to you and me? What does it mean to us as investors? Or for that matter, what does it mean to you as consumers? Should we? Uh, how, how, how concerned should we be, if at all? So that we'll talk about that. So let's keep things moving, and go right to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, Stephen Justin. I just had a question, more more of a curiosity than anything else. I was looking at Berkshire Hathaway stock, Bravo Romeo Kilo Dash Bravo. I don't know how accurate this number is, but Yahoo has a, a EPS at 26,000. Just wondering well, why would the number be so large and why would a fair value be for this stock? Just more out of curiosity than anything else. Thank you. Okay, Berkshire Hathaway has never split their stock. So the Berkshire Hathaway Air shares are what? 100,000, $200,000? I don't know. I don't even know. Then you have the B shares, which are much less costly, but they don't. But Berkshire never splits the stock, so the earnings per share as they grow, their earnings just keeps going up and up and up because the share number never never increases. So don't get confused about the large number. Always relate that to to well, how much earnings per share and what's the stock price and what's the relationship between the stock price and the earnings per share. What's in other words, what's the P/E ratio price? Uh, over earnings, and that P/E ratio is what you concentrate on—the ratio between earnings and price of stock. Okay, but that's why it's so high because they don't ever split the stock, so the earnings per share keeps going up as the company grows, and it's been doing that for years and years and years and years. Remember, that's Warren Buffett's company. Okay, well, it's a public company, so it's not his company. He just runs it. And be concerned because he is uh, 90 years old. I mean, he's, he's not a young man anymore. So, Justin and I have told you many times that we get call questions from all over the America, actually from all over the world. This came in earlier from Oregon. Hey there, Stephen Justin. My name is Ben from Oregon, and I had a question about Vertex Pharmaceuticals, ticker VRTX. I've been following it for the last six months or so, and it's just kind of been chopping sideways and making this foundation, and I feel like there's quite a bit of room to run uh, if it can get back to its levels from earlier in 2020. And so uh, I was just hoping to see what you thought of it. Financials looked good. Earnings were way up last year, and I'm just seeing if it's something worth investing in. 
I look forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, this is Vertex Pharmaceuticals. It's a $56 billion company. It's huge. Develops and uh, commercializes therapies for the treatment of cystic fibrosis. Pretty specific there, right? They're going to make $11.19 a share this year after making $10.32. That's 8% increase. And then another 14% increase for 2022 at $12.73 a share. It's a $215 stock. Okay, so is that expensive? What's the P.E. ratio on that? I mean, that's really what you want to do, right? I mean, you want to know, is it expensive? Am I getting this stock at a decent price compared to its earnings, or is it just too high? So $216 divided by uh, 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 1273 gives you a a forward P.E. ratio of about 17. Now, 17 good? Well, you have to also relate that P.E. ratio to its sales growth and earnings growth. Its sales growth or it ranges, or at least it had in the last two two years of quarters. So eight quarters, the lowest sales growth number is 15, which is the most recent quarter, 15% growth. Before that was 62. Before that was 62. Before that was 76, 62, 21, and 25, and 34. So it has high growth. High growth, very little debt. Return on equity is 37%, which is very high. Cash flow is very high. It doesn't pay a dividend, does not. So you're buying this because it's a growth stock. It has been as high. I mean, in the history, it, it was $306 in 2020 and as low as 197 And that, but that's when it made $10.32. Now it's a $215 stock. I think that's a pretty reasonable price for price for the growth rate. I think it's a very reasonable price to buy. So is it a good place to buy on a chart? I'm going to say, yeah, I think so. It's been going sideways, a little above 200, 202, 204 uh, for months and months, for all, all the way back to October of last year. It's gone as high as 242, as low as 202, and it's done nothing but back and forth. So it's at 215. It will eventually break out as long as it keeps that sales growth going. So, yeah, I think it's a good price, good place to buy. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. For investors, the need to remain vigilant never ceases. It always is the same. Be careful of the crosswinds and volatility and be understand your risk tolerance, those kinds of things. And control your fear and greed. The only two emotions that mean anything in in, in any stock market. So we'll help you with that. We'll help you become a better investor. We should talk about it. Your participation is always important. Please give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is all about above average investing for the average investor. And the question is during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for a long term. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888 99 Chart. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. 
Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Matt from San Francisco. I had a question about ChargePoint, CHPT. I was looking to get exposure to the EV space, but I wasn't really sure which manufacturer I trust. So I thought it might be smart to sort of target the the charging element of that. And and ChargePoint owns a a huge component of the market share. But their stock's been on sort of a consistent downtrend lately. And I'm wondering if it's a good time to buy in. I already do have a, a small position or if this is like red flags of a larger problems with this company. I look forward to hearing your, your answers. Thank you. Bye-bye. No, I don't think it's a red flag for larger problems because it has been going down lately. This is ChargePoint Holdings, symbol CHPT, the $7.8 billion company. The reason why it's been going down and reason why it's so volatile is because it doesn't make money. And electric vehicle industry, you're going to find a lot of companies like this. Um, but, it, of course, it operates a network of uh, open electric vehicle charging stations in Southern California. Now, whether it'll make it or not, that's the big question. That's why it's so volatile. Well, they, they, they're burning through money now. They're burning through their cash flow is negative $3.21 a share. And they'll probably continue to burn through money. And many of these EV, EV stocks are doing that. The question is, which ones are going to be the winners? Because there's going to be some huge winners in this space. We just don't know who. And I don't know who. So you got to roll the dice. Now, the one thing that bothers me is a little bit, the most recent quarter, which was a, a January 21st quarter, ending January 21st, they, they had shrunk 2% on their sales growth. Before that, they were growing 3%. For three quarters and before that, they were growing 40 to 80% per quarter. So their sales growth has been shrinking. You know, maybe that's COVID-related. You know, it's hard to know why. Um, without, you're going to have to dig in the stock. And it's not very old. It came out public September 2019. You don't have a long history. This is one of those roll the dice. You don't know if it's going to be successful? I don't know. No one knows. I do like the space, the electric vehicle space outside of the cars themselves. You know, you've heard me talk about battery technologies, and this is a technology of charging stations. And You know, there, there's going to be some huge winners. We just don't know which they'll be. My focus point today concerns this story. There will be more retail pain ahead. UBS is predicting that 80,000 stores will close in the U.S. by 2026. 80,000 stores. Okay, so well, how many stores are there? Is that a lot? Well, according to them, there's 115,000 shopping centers. A figure that includes strip centers, malls, outlet, and other lifestyle centers across the U.S. At the end of 2020, there were 112. 2010, there were 90. So it's grown to 115,000 shopping centers. So that equates to about 59 square feet of shopping space per household. UBS estimates that 80,000 retail stores in those centers, 150,000 centers, 80,000 stores in those centers across the country are going to close. Okay, so that represents only an increase of to 27% of e-commerce. Remember, who's destroying these stores? They're not going out of business because they want to. They're going out of business because of competition. And the competition is online shopping. And right now, it's at 
and it's going to grow by then. UBS thinks it's going to go to 27%, and that's why 80,000 stores will close. Is that going to happen? Yeah. I don't know if their numbers are right, but more stores are going to close. I have no doubt about that. None. None whatsoever. And it's a matter of which malls are going to survive. I mean, some of the strip centers, I, I, you know, some of them not going to survive, especially the marginal ones, the old ones. They're going to be closed down. They'll, they'll, shut, they'll tear down those buildings because they're usually on prime real estate. They'll do something with them. But I'm more concerned about the malls. I mean, big stores, big stores are closing. The, the anchor stores are closing, plus the stores in between. What are the malls going to do? They're going to have to change. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to develop some kind of strategy, evolve. And, you know, it seems like they're evolving to entertainment to some degree. I've seen some evolve you know, in some kind of entertainment in the mall. Um and I'm not talking about gaming centers necessarily or uh, laser tag centers, uh, jamboree. You know, I'm talking about I, I'm talking about specialty. I've seen a, one of them all recently near me have little food kiosks of high-end restaurants. It's, you know that you can sit in there and eat very fancy food in a kiosk top type. Uh, uh, a, a store, a restaurant, and a big building and have a bunch of little kiosks. Not really restaurants per se, just the kiosk of a restaurant. It's kind of interesting concept. We'll see if that works. They, they're they going to have to do something. I'm, I don't know. It's going to take them years and years to metamorphose into something else. Ever gone to pay for something with a credit card only to be told that you be charged a fee for using the card instead of cash? These fees are called credit card surcharges. So let's go to break. Here's my trivia question. What are the five states where it is illegal to impose credit card surcharges? And what can you do if this happens to you in a state where it's legal? Or whether it's illegal? What can you do? It? Either way. After the break, I will supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. Any investment questions are welcome. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. 
there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E. Dot com, HackerOne.com. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. So I had a trivia question for you. Um, and for most of us, surcharges don't exist, okay? But here's the question. Uh, what are the five states where it is illegal to impose credit card surcharges? And what can you do about it if they do charge you one? Okay, when you're charged a fee for using a credit card, Instead of cash, these fees are called credit card surcharges, which are sometimes called convenience fees. These surcharges are more common than you might think. In most states, retailers may decide to charge these fees to help offset the credit card processing fees that they are charged. So a business is charged a processing fee. They have to pay. So they sell you an item for 100 bucks, and you use a credit card. Well, they won't get 100 bucks. They'll get you know, $97, a $3 credit card charge, or whatever the fee is. So they can pass that fee on to you. They can charge you a fee to make up that difference. But it is illegal to do that in Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, Maine, and Massachusetts. I love Maine's government. They said, well, no, it's illegal to charge a credit card fee unless the government is taking a credit card, then they can charge a fee. So as long as the government is doing it, it's okay with Maine. But a business can't do it. That, uh, that sounds wrong to me. <laughs> it just sounds, what do you mean? 
If if it's good for the goose, it should be good for the gander here. You know, if you can do it, Mr. Government, why can't I do it as a businessman? Or if I can't do it, you shouldn't be able to do it either. Anyways, that's just my opinion on that one. So, if they do charge you an illegal fee in a state that, that you know, in a state that can't supposedly do it, the only thing you really can do is report it to the attorney general's office and make a complaint. Now, they can decide what they're going to do with it, but doesn't help you much, does it? Really doesn't. Let's go to Owen in Northern California. Hi, how you doing, Owen? Hi, uh, good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate that. Uh, I was wondering, because I've gotten a lot of different people talking about this. Usually I only trade for swing trades with a P.E. under 30, but um, I was wondering what P.E. you recommend as your maximum uh, for swing trading. And also uh, I was wondering what you think about Great Lakes, Dock, and Dredge, ticker symbol GLDD. D as in dog? D as in dog? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Great Lakes, uh, Dredge, and Dock. Okay, P.E. ratios. Now, there's a lot of misinformation out there. First of all, P.E. ratios. You know, what's a good P.E. ratio for a stock that you're interested in? And, you know, if someone tells you, well, it should be 15 or less, which is the average of the S&P 500 over a long period of time, about 15, if they say that and they're putting themselves out as an expert, Run the other way because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. P.E. ratios depend on the type of stock. If it's a high-growth stock, you're going to get much higher P.E. ratios than the average. If it's a very low-growth stock, you're going to get lower, lower P.E. than the average. So you kind of have to know what the P.E. ratios per kind of sector you know, this sector, like if you go to an industrial sector, the P.E. ratio is going to be, over a long period of time, under 10. You go to a tech sector, they're over 25, 30 on average. So what is a good P.E. ratio? Well, that's a hard question. Well, let's look at this stock and see what kind of stock it is. This provides dredging, dredging services to government agencies, contracts, contractors and corporations so it's a basic kind of industry company they make money they've made money for many years uh, they're gonna make 96 cents a share this year a dollar 10 per share next year and it's a 15 dollar stock so that kind of looks like well gee it's under 15 pe so that's pretty reasonable well not necessarily they their range for the last low the low number of the last five years has been six a pe of six and they deserve less than a 15 PE because their growth rate is sporadic and slow. I mean, they grew 5% the most recent quarter, grew 4% the quarter before that, shrank 9% the quarter before that. But are you, uh, and I think this is what you're thinking, Owen, uh, if they're going to spend, if the government's going to spend a lot of money on infrastructure, this company's going to benefit greatly, right? Yeah. Is that what, you, is that what your thinking was? I guess I lost them. Anyways, that, that would be proper thinking because they dredge and dock. Great Lakes, dredge and dock, they're in the Great Lakes. There's going to be infrastructure spanning, so docks, uh, uh, shipping channels, they're going to be dredged. They're going to be rebuilt or improved or whatever, and this kind of company wouldn't benefit from that. Good question, though. Thank you for the question. I do I think that was a good question. Justin is on vacation this week. Did you know that? Well, he is. 
So I'll be doing the show today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and I will be on vacation. So, so I'm filling in for him tonight, and I'll be here tomorrow and the next day. But here's another question from our voice bank. Hi, Justin. I'm calling about a new stock that just started trading. It's called Roblox. The symbol is R, B as in boy, L as in X. And I'm thinking of investing in this, but I can't really find any information on it because it's so new. So I'm just wondering what you thought. My name is Margaret. Thanks. Bye. Okay, thanks for the call, Margaret. I appreciate it. And it's super expensive. Uh, This is called Roblox Corporation. Develops games such as Internet, three-dimensional, and tutorial games for kids, teens, and adults. The stock is brand new out in March. Okay, March. We're only in April. So it's brand, brand new. Sales growth. Most recent quarter grew 110%. Before that was 92%. Before that was 68%. So, you know, growth of sales are dramatically increasing. They're going to make money this year. 61 cents a share. Next year, 78 cents a share. That's pretty good for a brand new company. Okay, for good sales growth and going to be profitable. Okay, so, but the question you have to ask yourself, what's that company worth? What is a company growing 100% and making money, 78 cents, 100% sales growth, and making 78 cents a share by next year, what's that worth? Well, is it worth $70.75 stock price that it's at now? Probably not. So this is all on the come. You're, you're, it's all on the come line, they, they say in Las Vegas, where you're rolling the dice and you're hoping to hit big. And that's what people are thinking. They like the fact that it's already making money and it's growing this fast. Okay. So you have to look at really what the thing you should do is look at this company, then look at the competitors. Um, do they have a lot of competition in the space they're in? Who are they? It's already a $38, $39 billion company. I mean, it's huge for such a small amount. I mean, it's only doing $310 million shares, $310 million in sales a quarter. So was it a, a million, a $1.4 billion? So it's like, what, 30 times, 25 times sales? That's huge. Most companies are two to five or seven times sales. Very expensive company. On a roll. So let's take another question from Invest Talk listener in Wisconsin. Yeah, hi. This is Don from Wisconsin. I own a small position in Gilead, ticker symbol GLD. I uh, wanted to know if this is something that I should hang on for the longer term or if this is something that I should look to get out uh, position altogether. It was one of my first purchases. Being an uneducated investor, wanted to get your take. Thank you, Steve and Justin. Okay, GLD is a gold. It's not Gilead. Gilead Sciences is G-I-L-D, G-I-L-D. So I'm assuming that's what you're asking about. Develops therapeutics to treat viral, fungal, respiratory, and cardiovascular diseases. Uh, they're growing sales 26% last quarter, 17% a quarter before that. Last year, they were barely growing at all, either flat or growing 1% to 2% per quarter. The last two years, actually. So growth all of a sudden parks picked up. And we all know why, COVID and vaccines. They're going to make $7.14 this year, $6.76 a share next year, and it's a $66 stock. So it's right around 10 PE. 
Their five-year range is 6 to 16, so they're right in the middle. Return on equity is very good at 44%. Cash flow is very good, pays a 4.3% dividend. I mean, if you own this stock, I would probably hold on to it. I mean, I think it's got good potential. I don't know if I'd be a buyer necessarily, uh, but it is at a pretty good buy point. It's just that I'm concerned that it's going to make $7.14 this year, but $6.76 next year. I like my companies to be growing their earnings, but it has a very good return on equity of 44%. It's got some really good potential, so I'd probably hold on to it if I own I don't think I'd add to it, though. I really don't. Okay, uh, so keep in mind here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success, and that is very good for our listeners and our clients. Why, why do I say that? Well, because, you know, for one thing, we give unbiased information, unbiased guidance, Another thing, we buy the same stocks for ourselves. We do our clients, same price, same time. I mean, we put our money where our mouth is. Not too many money managers do that, registered investment advisors. They don't. There are some out there. You know, I've noticed in recent years, we've been doing it for well over 20 years, you know, for a long time. I put my money in every one of my programs as I do for my clients, and I buy the same stocks from me. Or else I wouldn't even... Why should, you know, money managers help you tell their clients, buy this and buy that, but they don't buy it for themselves, so why why wouldn't they? They should. So, but, you know, you don't have to become a client. We'll help you no matter what. We'll help you. We'll take a look at your portfolio. We'll give you suggestions. If you can't, if you, you know, if we don't fit your needs or you don't want a money manager, that's okay. We'll still help you. We want to help you. So give us a call, 888-99-CHART, or send me an email, send just an email, we will help you. Next up, we'll take a question from St. Louis, so hang on. There is good news for loyal Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Alex from St. Louis. I had a quick question on uh, Eli Lilly, ticker symbol LLY. I was looking to start a position in this company, and after the recent pullback, I was wondering if you thought it was at a good price or what price target uh, you thought would be best and what you thought of the company overall. Thanks, and I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. I like Eli Lilly. I've liked it for a long time. There's a lot of the big drug companies I kind of like in this environment we're in. Uh, Eli Lilly, L-L-Y, branded pharmaceutical to treat neuroscience and endocrinological oncology. 
the cardiovascular diseases. Uh, they have made money for years and years and years. They've grown and their earnings years and every year for years and years and years, and they're going to continue doing it. Their sales growth in the most recent quarter has been huge at 22%, and we know why. Uh, 5% to 3 to 5% has been more normal sales growth per quarter. But the most recent because of COVID vaccines information. Okay, they're going to make $8.28 this year and $8.88 next year. So that gives it a P ratio of like 23, 24. So it's still kind of high. Their five-year range is 15 to 27. 15 to 27. So it's the, even though they've had a recent bit of a pullback, it is not. It, it really hasn't been that much. They were over oh, about 210, 212, got up to 216 intraday, and now they're at, you know, a 184. So you think, well, that's a decent pullback. Well, I don't I'm I think they can easily go down to the 160 to 170 area before before I would consider it a decent pullback. Uh, so I would wait. I wouldn't be a buyer here. I would not. I'd wait till it pulls back even more. That would be my opinion. I like the company. It pays a really nice dividend. Of, well, <laughs> let me read. It pays a dividend, 1.8%. Um, and return to equity, the ROE is huge at 175%. Drug companies have a high return to equity, but that's especially high. Problem with Eli Lilly, though, they also carry on a lot of debt. Yeah, I think there's better choices out there, personally. So remember, there's think about it: Abbott, Johnson Johnson, AstraZeneca, there, you know, Pfizer. There's there's a ton of them out there. You need to compare Eli Lilly with all the others. That's your job. Just don't look at one. Look at all of them in this sector: big pharma. See which one looks the best to you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. Financial freedom. What does that mean to you? And of course, we'll continue with the goals right after this. So get your questions in, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Would you recommend to put all my funds right away in the market or you recommend dollar cost average? Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, gentlemen, this is Jason from Manizales, Colombia. I want to congratulate you on 30 million plus downloads. My question is, I'm up about 75% on JP Morgan. That's JPM. In a brokerage account, long-term capital gains tax, what do you do at this point? Would you set up a stop loss, take the gains, or just let it ride? Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. Well, one of the things when you buy a stock, you should have a plan 
before you buy it? What was your what was your intent? Was it going to be a long term core holding for you, or was it going to be a trade? Was it going to be something that do you need? Or then the other question after you decide that. Do you need to rebalance? Is this dominating now your portfolio? I mean, is all your other stocks have about 5 or 6%? This one has 12%? Then you need to rebalance it. Sell some. J.P. Morgan, headquarters out of New York, global financial uh, company, uh, providing private commercial investment banking services in over 60 countries. They make money, a lot of money. They made $10.67.69 this year. That's what they're estimated to make. That's 30% higher than last. And then they're going to go another 8% next year, $11.53. and it's $153 stock. So, what, uh, 18, 19 P.E.? The five-year range is 9 to 20 for the P.E. So it's kind of on the upper range, and that would tend to me, to think about taking some off the table, some of the profits off the table. Return on equity is only 10%. Return on equity, that's not very high. Pays a 2.3% dividend, that's okay. That's really not an issue. Uh, mutual funds are slowly buying it. But sales in the most recent quarter went down 10%. The quarter before that, down 15 The quarter before that, down 2 The quarter before that, down 6 So the, the reason why this stock is near its 52-week high it's because when the government spends lots of money, that money filters through companies like J.P. Morgan, one way or another. So the expectations for it to keep growing is there. I think I would probably take some off the table because you have a really good profit in it. And, uh, you know, everybody knows what it's going to make money, so that's what's driven it already up. I can see it. If it's a long-term hold, you just ignore it. And just keep it and just only rebalance if you need to. Okay, next, uh, from Columbia, South America, a question from, what? We're, next, we pivot from Columbia, South America to a question from North Dakota. Hey, Steve or Justin. This is uh, Bill calling from North Dakota. Had a question about a stock I'm looking at picking up here, Cable One, ticker C-A-B-O. Internet company. I like the space since everything's on the on the internet these days. I've seen a recent pullback. I like the revenue growth over time. Just seeing if right now is a good time to pick it up for a long term hold. I appreciate the help, guys, and I'll look forward to hearing the answer. Thanks. Okay. Uh, uh, cable One uh, provides cable TV, telephone, high speed internet services to more than oh about a million customers in 21 states. They're out of Phoenix, Arizona. They make a lot of money. The stock is $1,867 a share. And I know a lot of you say, $1,867 a share? That's super expensive. Well, is it? It's going to make $54.88 per share in earnings next year. So what kind of P.E. does that give it? This is about a 29 or so P.E. Current P.E. is around 36. The five-year range is 24 to 50. So the P.E. has never gone before below 24. And it's going to be 29. Return on equity is high at 26. Cash flow is really high at $95 a share. Doesn't pay much of a dividend, only half percent. So it's been growing in sales between as in the last eight quarters. The lowest it's grown is 5%. The highest it's grown is about 18%, uh, 19% two quarters ago. The most recent quarter grew sales, 6%. So sales have been growing very steadily. That's good. Uh, mutual funds have been pretty aggressive buyers in the last year. 
So it's a pretty strong stock. Uh, it's a decent price, right where it is. Pretty decent price. Thanks for the call. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live streaming broadcast, 4 to 5 Pacific time, so after 5. To get your free downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com, two T's in there. And be sure to give us a review. We want to be rated and reviewed. Independent thinking, shared success. This is InvestTalk, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.